0: listening to Plan Style Do, the wedding podcast. Hello and welcome to Plan Style Do. I'm your host, Jordan Weaver. I'm a wedding planner and stylist and founder of Jordan Weaver Events. Each week I bring you bite-sized episodes packed full of expert tips and tricks to simplify your wedding planning process. In today's episode, I am chatting to Sydney hairstylist, educator, and founder of Hair Boss University, Kara Klein. Hi, Kara. Thanks so much for joining me. Hi, Jordan. So nice to hear from you again. I'm so excited. I know. It's lovely to be able to chat over the wonders of Zoom. Now, I am a huge fan of your work, um, and I've seen firsthand how amazing your work is um, for both brides and bridesmaids. A huge fan of your Instagram, but let's go right back to the beginning. How did you get into what you're doing now? How did you start as a hairstylist, and what first drew you to it? Okay, so a really
1: interesting story because I wasn't always, um, I haven't always been doing hair. I started out doing nursing. Did you know that? No, yeah,
0: <laughs> I did not. Bit of a change. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, I'm Vietnamese. I'm of an Asian background. And you know how a lot of the parents just have the expectation that you should be doing something academic. I felt pressured in doing something in the line of, you know, law or like medicine or engineering. And I just thought like, okay, well, I want to help people. So maybe let's help people by working in, you know, the medical field. And I could only have enough marks to get into nursing. I didn't get enough marks to become a doctor. So then I studied at UTS Mm -hmm. and I did nursing, but I left after one semester so after six months I was like oh my god like this is not for me I love helping people so much but I'm such a creative person and I just don't feel like I'm you know doing everything that I can be um, in this field so then I left and then I was like okay well what do I do now I'm creative what options do I have and I thought okay I can either either do makeup or like beauty therapy or hairdressing. And I decided to try out hairdressing. And so I trained with Tony and Guy in Paddington, Sydney, and that was back in 2010. So I've been doing hair for 10 years now and I love it
0: and I I've never tr- wanted to try anything else. You found you found it. That's terrific. It must have had a really great uh, foundation learning it at, at Tony and Guy and, um, you know, learning all the different cuts and colours. And then obviously you, yeah. you figured out you wanted to work your way into to wedding and, and bridal hairstyling.
1: Yeah, like I think bridal was just a mistake for me, really, because mm-hmm. I was always passionate about Fashion and I wanted to work in the salon. I wanted to do runway and I and I did a lot for you know I did my campaigns and David Jones and did a you know, like Beck and Bridge did Um, like New York Fashion Week, I did all of that. And then I think uh, at one point, I just felt like, you know, you compare yourself to other people and everyone else who have started after you are now just doing so much better than you. And, you know, you can't help but compare and you're like, oh, like how did that person who was an apprentice that I taught and are now doing so much better, like what do I do? And so I was really struggling with um, getting my foot into in, you know, the fashion world of hair. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm broke and I can do hair. I'm good with upstyling. And I did a lot of that in the hair salon. So maybe I can just start awaiting service and help me with my finance while I'm pursuing my fashion Mm. hair work. And so after a while, it really picked up. Like after a year, it just grew so fast. And then I got really busy and then I just continue on with wedding hair instead and and now I don't do fashion hair anymore yeah, and I yeah. love it because I get to see like all these real people and they just love the hair and they they love me being part of their day and I'm really grateful and I'm really just thankful to be uh where I am right now
0: yeah you found a place absolutely I think so much of life kind of happens by accident doesn't it but you just sort of end up where you oh my god you know, where you, if I was, was right to tell field-
1: you yeah, it's, you're absolutely right. Everything that I'm teaching now, 20% was what I learned from people, but 80% were from mistakes. A lot of the um, hairstyles, like the Hollywood waves, for example, that uh, is one of my signature looks, people come to me for that hairstyle now and they want to learn how I did it. But really that all came from like mistakes of curling the hair so much that I had to try to figure out how I was going to fix it because I had like half an hour left before the bride needed to get into her reception so yeah life is funny like that hey like yeah
0: and you mentioned hollywood waves now your instagram i have lost so many hours sitting there (laughs) scrolling through your instagram (laughs) and the gorgeous styles that you've got going on what what are the trends that you see coming out in the next year or so for hairstyling for brides and bridesmaids Yeah,
1: really good question. So, you know, before Hollywood Waves was really in before, not so much now anymore. Mm -hmm. People are asking that for um, a lot less these days, but the really popular ones are the updos with lots of texture with no frizz. So it looks really smooth and very effortless, but with lots of texture. So not the messy, like very messy texture type, but very textured, but that's clean, you know, with no flyaways. And the second style that's really popular is half up, half down. You know, before I only get maybe 30% of my brides asking for half up, half down, but now about 60% are asking for that. So down hairstyles styles is
0: really in right now. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I hadn't actually thought about, but I did see on your Instagram is factoring in a veil. Now, how does that work from a hairstylist's point of view? And what are your tips for a veil, how to keep it in without ruining the hairstyle of a bride? Yeah. So for
1: veils, a lot of People or like brides or consumers, they just think that on the day, they just pop it on and then that's it, right? But it's a lot more complicated. And that's why I always recommend my brides to bring the veils on uh, with them to the trial. Mm-hmm. Because then as the hairstylist, you can see what you're working with. For example, the veils don't work with hair that has a lot of texture. So if you were to do like a very curly low bun and you have all this texture going on, the weight of the veil is going to flatten your bun or the flatten the texture texture, you won't be able to get a lot of texture in the bun. So if we know that, and if we see the veil, we can recommend something else that isn't so textured, isn't so curly, and maybe position the veil maybe at the bottom of the bun instead of at the top of the bun. Another example is if you were to wear your hair all down, and then you have this long cathedral length veil, you cannot expect it to hold because there's nothing in the hair for it to hold up. Yeah. So if we see it at the hair trial, we would then recommend you to maybe add on hair extensions in your hair, not so that your hair is thicker or longer, but for, for the pure purpose of maybe holding up the veil by helping the comb to anchor into the hair extension. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's quite so, up, yeah, I These things it. are that's really, hard. really, really like useful for you to bring to the hair trial. So on the day, of the wedding um, I would also recommend the bride to have the veil on maybe at the end just so you know she's not walking around with like veil and it's scraping across the floor and one Mm -hmm. thing I always tell the bride is to always choose a bridesmaid and their job is like on veil duty so one particular bridesmaid would always be carrying the veil every time the bride moves <laughs> and yeah. so that way, when she walks, it doesn't get caught in the corner. Um, it doesn't get you know, ripped on the rocks and stuff mm. like that. So that would be yeah, my great advice.
0: <laughs> and on the subject of hair trials, how far in advance do you recommend that the brides do their hair trial? Great question. You know, I get asked this question all the
1: time from brides who are inquiring. And the best answer is this. You don't want to book in earlier than three to four months. Because Mm -hmm. from my experience, a lot of people get very excited and they're like, oh, I want to book in a hair trial. I want to see what you can do. I want to see what hairstyles looks good on me. And their wedding isn't till like a year away. So you still have so much time to change your taste. In Mm. your hairstyles, in your makeup, in your style of the dress. So I would always recommend three to four months. You know, that's the earliest because by that time, your wedding dress would almost be done. So you already have quite a clear idea of what your dress is like. You are likely to have already booked your makeup artist. You might have already had a trial with her. So now you are quite clear on your vision for the day. If people take uh, take up the trial way, way before, right, that's fine as well. But, you know, 70% of the time I see them coming back for a second hair trial. So yes, you can be very excited, but the best thing you can do is just to collect images and just keep it into a folder and then wait until the very end and then put everything together and maybe organize your hair trial and your bridal dress fitting on the same day. And then that way you can wear the hair to the dress fitting and see how the whole style looks like.
0: Yeah. That was going to be one of my other questions. What are your tips for marrying up that, uh, the dress and the, and the hair, because you might have an amazing dress in one style and then this hairstyle that you love, but they're not necessarily going to work together.
1: Yeah. It comes down to a couple of things here. Number one is that me as a hairstylist or people as hairstylists need to understand the bride's vibe. When I talk about understanding their vibe, what I mean is that when I do my wedding you know, form inquiry page, the bride would always need to answer these two questions. Uh, who have they booked for their wedding photography and who have they booked for their wedding uh, makeup? Because I want to know and and understand what their sort of style and what their taste is. Mm -hmm. Because if, say, they book someone who has more of a natural wedding photography style, I know, I know inside of me and from experience that she likes natural lighting. She would probably go for more of a boho vibe, more down hairstyle, and maybe a messier bun type and not so clean. Another really popular style is the editorial fashion photography the style that you, when you flip through a magazine, you see these images in the magazine. It's very yeah. editorial, very like Mary Claire and very l like So yeah. I know right away what she likes. She likes something that is more influenced by celebrities. She would go for something more understated, like a textured ponytail or like a knotted bun and very, very minimal. So by understanding that, I am now prepared for the hair trial. Leading up to the hair trial, I'll be um, giving her these instructions, these tips. Number one, bring your dress pictures to the trial. So then I know what her neckline is, what the cut of the back is like, and the color or the lacing. Number two is that I would ask her to narrow down two to three pictures because there's nothing worse than not knowing what you want and then coming with like six or yeah. eight pictures yeah. and then you only have like two hours and and she doesn't know what she wants. Yeah. So bringing. In, like, two or three pictures that she loves the most would be so helpful. Another thing is that they need to understand the insecurities. I don't hear a lot of people talk about this, but this is one of the three questions I ask What don't you like about your face? Yeah. (laughs) It's a really powerful question because, for example, if they say, Oh, I don't like my ears, they just stick out then you know you don't want to have her ears showing. You yeah. need to cover the ear partly and also make sure the volume looks proportioned so that her ears still looks like it's hidden but not stuck out. Yeah. Another thing that people tell me is that they don't like their jawline. Their jawline is so square. So then I'd say, okay, that's not a problem. What they want is that they want hair framing the face. So if you don't understand this as a hairstylist, you don't understand it. Or if the bride doesn't tell you this, you might not even leave any hair framing her face. Mm. And she would feel very, you know, very insecure, but a lot of people don't bring up what they don't like. You know, they don't come up to you and say, oh, I don't like this about my face. Like nobody says that. So I think as hairstylists, we need to ask very, like very clever and very powerful questions to draw out the information so that we understand what they feel comfortable
0: with. So those things are really important. Absolutely. I mean, it's all about making the bride feel Everyone wants a glowing bride on the day and obviously by working around those insecurities, you can help her be as confident as she possibly can. I love it. I've never, yeah. I've never thought of that, so I love that. One of the things that I get asked a lot as a um, planner is How long should brides allow for their hair? Is there a correct order or a preferred order in terms of, you know, do you get the mums done first? Do you get the bridesmaids done first? I'm assuming the the brides usually last. What's your thoughts on the best kind of order for doing the hair on the day? So in terms of order, I never
1: recommend the bride to be last because it's (laughs) too rushed. I always tell the bride to be either second last or third last. And I I normally do the order for the day. So what happens is maybe a month before her wedding day, I would give out like I will send out an email asking her to confirm the hairstyles of the bridesmaids and the mom and all that stuff. And then I would then determine the schedule based on what hairstyles they are having. Usually we allow about maybe 45 minutes per person and an hour for the bride but that is also dependent on the hairstyles because say for example they're having hair extensions you need more time for that because that's more hair to work with or if they're having hollywood waves that is time consuming that would take about like an hour and a half more if they're having like um half up half down that's also time consuming too but in general the bride would have a bit more time just because she's like the special girl of the day so i would make sure that she's second last so that during the time of the last person being done she can just go eat something relax sit around and also she's not first or second because you want her to sleep in you want her just to chill and do whatever she needs to do so typically bridesmaids goes first and then bride goes second last mother of the brides is interesting they either go last or they either go about first or second if not, they normally like to get the hair done last because they're at home, they want to get dressed, relax, and then they come, get the hair done, and then take photos with the bride. Yep. So uh, I think the most important thing here is the bride should never be last and she should be second last. And everyone else need to work around the bride.
0: Yeah. yeah now like everybody else at the moment you're in self-isolation what are your tips for how we can stay um you know keep our hair healthy keep it looking good and under control in self-isolation are there any home treatments you can recommend or anything that we should be doing at home i love anything natural honestly i use products of course like you know hairspray like
1: i would have to use certain products that that need to be chemically engineered however in terms of like heat protection spray or treatments i like to go as organic as i can and just use like, like plant-based products. So I would highly recommend something like this. Okay. So if you have hair that is, say thin, Mm -hmm. you would want to try out milk and honey. People have been using this for thousands of years. What you want to do is you want to get two cups of milk and a tablespoon of honey, and you want to warm up the milk a little bit until, you know, warm enough for you to mix in the honey well. And then after that, you just want to pour all over your hair and you want to grab a towel. Um, And then you just want to wrap it all up and you can keep it there for 15 to 20 minutes. If you want to be extra extra you know like fancy you yeah. could then also use just like a, a normal hot towel or tea towel and you can pour hot water over it and make it into um, a normal hot towel that the salon uses and the heat from like the towel open up the cuticle of the hair and deposits in all the goodness of the milk and honey mm-hmm. that's for thin hair mm-hmm. and if say if you have like hair that's a bit thicker and hair that has um, split ends you should use oil-based plants product. So things like avocado uh, and olive oil, is really amazing mask for thick hair. So you could use a ripe avocado mixed with maybe one to two teaspoons of olive oil. And then you would then divide your hair in like quadrants, right? In four sections. And you want to apply this paste in the mid ends to ends, but you don't want to touch the scalp because this is good for shine and split ends. And great, great for like thick hair. But if you put it on the scalp, people that have oily scalp already would get even oilier scalp, right? So just put it on the mid ends to the end and then just pop on your shower cap and watch Netflix for like 30 minutes and then just rinse off twice with um, shampoo.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm taking notes. I have very thick hair. So um, I'll be using the avocado and all and <laughs> Amazing, um, babe. <laughs> I'll have to show you the results. I'll send you a photo yes well i have absolutely loved talking to you i could talk to you for hours about her honestly um it's one of the things that i love i love popping in when a bride's getting her hair done and just seeing how it's all coming together and you know as a planner and coordinator it really is one of the things that i love seeing in action on on a wedding day so it's been such a pleasure talking to you if brides are looking to find out more information about you or find you on instagram how can they um, get in touch
1: okay so they can get in touch by visiting carocline.com so c-a-r-a-c-l-y-n-e.com or they can just um go on instagram you can just literally look up um sydney hairstylist and the person with the pink background in the profile picture that's me <laughs> so <laughs> carocline.bridal is my instagram handle so thank you so much for having me today Jordan. i love love that's a pleasure you.
0: thank you and hopefully it won't be very long until we can um yeah get back to weddings and, and get working again
1: yes i know
0: yeah well it brings an end to this episode of planned style do i hope you enjoyed it please leave a review on apple podcasts or wherever you listen so that other brides and grooms can find out about us i am jordan Weaver, and i will see you next time